Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 8 o'clock hour of the great Scott Show, the great sports callers, open think tank, and as he does Wednesdays during baseball season, associate head baseball coach Anthony Babineau is in studio with me to talk some raging Cajun baseball, but um, <clears throat> before we do that, i got to ask you an important question that uh, that Coach Gray and I were just discussing. Uh, who's your favorite character on Friends? You always hit me with these questions. <laughs> it's like he's you know, Babs in like, here. He's got a list. Here's I'm prepared to answer this way and that way, and then I just throw this out. You give me with you hit me with the friends. I like Joey. Who doesn't like Joey? I mean, that's that's what her and I just said too. She, he's I mean every time I just laugh. Joey he's, Triviani. He's he's funny. He's I knew funny. I knew you were gonna say Joey. In fact, I said that at the end of the last segment. I'm gonna ask Bab what his favorite one is, and I bet it's Joey. <laughs> I know you, Bab. I know your game. Well, now you really know me. I'm a Joey fan. <laughs> me too. It's just funny. I don't know. The I feel like the younger generation they don't they don't get friends. They're like, oh, it's this or it's that or it's like it. I guess you just had to live through it, but it's funny, man. It is funny, and then times change. Just the way we don't get some of the things that our parents oh, yeah. thought were cool and funny, right? Right. right. I mean, Everything changes, Scott. I go to my in-laws, and they've got on, you know, one of the old Western channels. Or they're watching Annie Griffith, and they're laughing. And That's the uh, I'm like, this is, this is going to be us watching Friends on some old antenna like <laughs> in like 40 years. That's what I'm going to be doing. The last couple of years of mom's life, that's what she spent her days doing, watching the Andy Griffith show during the day, and at night she would watch Raymond, and she would just laugh all day long. Raymond is <laughs> and, that the one with Ray Romano. Yes, which okay. that's not the same era I know right. as the Andy Griffith show, but very different. Those were the two shows that she would watch, and yeah. then she'd mix in a soap opera every once in a while. It was a beautiful thing. Joey Tribbiani, I mean, soap opera actor. I should have turned her on to Joey Tribbiani. Doctor Drake Romore. <laughs> I'm a doctor. I really would kind of doctor. Don't ask questions. Sorry. Twelve after the hour. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. What would a doctor prescribe for you after last night's game? Heavy sedatives, maybe. <laughs> Some heavy sedatives. We, um, you know, concerning last night, it's just it was everything was there for us. It was it was ripe for the picking. I mean, everything was set up for at the end there for us to walk them off, and we just didn't do it. We didn't get it done, and um, I felt like we were going to get it done in that spot. We had a little, mo- we had a lot of momentum towards the, the bottom half of that inning, but you know things didn't just just didn't work out. And, and again, we gave we gave a team too many easy opportunities to score as we did last night. And whenever we do that, I've said it time and time again. We've talked about it. If we can eliminate how often we do that, we can be successful. You know, I think we've seen that throughout the the course of the year. But when we give people too many free bases and too many easy opportunities it's going to be a struggle do you do you feel like as a whole you guys are struggling right now or do you feel good about this this upcoming weekend no i feel great about this upcoming weekend matter of fact we we talked in little rock before the sunday game and the goal was we had 16 games left including that game on sunday and the goal was let's win them all why can't we win them all you know, that that was what we realistically thought and know that we can do. We still have that now. You know, after last night's game, okay, we've got 14 left. We're going to win them all. 
You know, and last night we could have easily won that game and kept this thing going towards the end of the season into the conference tournament. It didn't happen last night. You know, there was that one inning where we gave them, we gave them, I don't want to say we gave them everything they got because they did earn a couple things, but you know, the, the two out Homer in the top of the ninth, two outs and then a walk brings another guy to the plate. You never know what can happen. And the worst possible thing happened to run Homer and, we're able to cut it to one in the bottom, but couldn't finish him. Are are, the, are losses like the ones Saturday in Little Rock and last night? Are those the hardest ones to swallow? Just knowing we, I, I guess as you put it, we we um, we lost. We didn't get beat. Well, they're they're every loss loss is hard to take, but the close ones, one run, two runs, where you can look back and say, you know, if I'd have made this move, or if we'd have made this play, you know, in those those losses, you can always usually look back to one or two things, right? In the five, six run losses, things just didn't work out, didn't go your way. But in the close losses, usually you can always look back and and pinpoint certain areas or, or at least as a coach, you can think to yourself that, okay, this, I should have made this move, right? You know, you never want to pin it on a player and, and a play that they did or did not make. But as a coach, you pin it on yourself, you know, because that's what, that's what we need to do. And, and, and if I'd have made this move or, or if I'd have called this play or something like that, you know, and that just kind of, it sits on you. And I know ultimately the players have to play and the players have to get it done, but you kind of, you know, you wear it as a as the people in charge. Yeah, I, I certainly understand. Was there moments last night, like you're describing, where you say, gosh, I wish I had done this different? Well, I mean, I, as – as you, you look through the game and, and go through the course of that game, you know, I think every move that we made, you know, we, Matt and I discussed this last night with the coaching staff, and we could have pitched three guys last night mm-hmm. and held them to nothing, you know, but that wasn't the plan. The plan was to get some guys some work. As you saw, we had a new guy come in each inning, and for the most part, those guys did their job. There some guys did some really good things, but, you know, we could have kept it to three guys and more than likely shut them out. So that's something that we could have done right there, but that wasn't that wasn't the game plan going in. You know, we had total confidence in everybody that threw and saw some really good things last night from from Jeff Wilson. Austin Perrin had another good start. Jeff Wilson coming out of the pen with that just put you to bed slider that he was featuring last night. That was great to see and gives us confidence to to go to him more often. So there were some good things also that came out of last night's game. It wasn't just all doom and gloom, uh, but there was definitely disappointment that we didn't finish him off sure. late. It, it, when it comes to, you know, the arms, as you put it, in the pitching, is there a Schultz maybe just going in the ninth? Well, you know, he's – been throwing the baseball really, really well, and, and he threw a little over the weekend. And, um, you know, I didn't know exactly what the plan was for the arms. You know, Matt and BJ get together, sure. you know, from day to day before each game. And, and so I don't know if, if Schultz was on the card last night or if, if it was intended to give him a day off. I'm not, I'm not exactly certain. I would assume because – David came in um, that that's the way it was drawn up now if we have it was tied also now if we'd have had the lead you might have seen Jacob right. instead of David yeah you know that that I don't know ESPN 1420.com those are the ones like midweek game granted it's a little unique in that it was it was against ULM so a, a non-conference game against the conference opponent you're familiar with 
over the years, you've been a part of so many, Bab. Are ones like that, unfortunately, more memorable than, you know, a, a 5-1 midweek win? You know, or games like that where you said, gosh, you know, you, you, you look back and say, if I could have done this. Are those, do those stick in your brain more or are the, you know, midweek game wins you look back at and remember better than a tough loss? Well, the things that you remember over the years are, are the games that had memorable moments. You know, last night in the bottom of the ninth, Coach Deggs was going up and down the dugout, you know, saying, hey, let's make a memory. Let's make a memory. Now, if we'd have walked them off, then, you know, I don't remember that game. Oh, yeah. The doctor didn't prescribe anything this morning. <laughs> exactly. You know, you remember those. You remember the walk-offs easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the other ones, there's so many of them throughout the years. It's tough to remember things from each game or, or how how the game went but the ones that there are memorable events that take place you remember those you and, said, and last night if if yeah. we'd have finished them off then would have remembered that game forever I'll, I'll ask you about this game five years from now and you'll be like uh it's kind of fuzzy i'll be like remember the next day we talked about joey and you'll be like okay yeah. now yeah, now see, I that's remember. what's going to make it memorable. Yeah, the fact that we talked about Joey yeah. Tribbiani. Matt LeBlanc, he was in a, a baseball movie about a, a a monkey that I never saw that apparently was terrible called Ed. Um, and I, I've still I never no, seen it. No, no, I, that's that's not on the uh, the docket of sports movies you need to see. Don't worry. Okay. The thing going in last night was to throw a lot of guys. You wanted to get a lot of guys work. Um, Austin Perrin got the start. I, I thought did a great job in three innings. Speak. Uh, could you speak to just his journey, right? His his path from you've seen you've been around him for a while now, and it feels like, like you said, last night's game really disappointing. But there were there were some positives that came out of it. I think the way Parent's been playing lately has been a big plus. It's been a huge plus, and you ask about his career really, and and the word that I would use to describe his career would be steady. I mean, he has just been steady Eddie from day number one, freshman year on campus. He's thrown some big games. I know he had, you know, you talk about memorable games. He started against Kentucky at, at Minute Maid mm-hmm. his freshman year and pitched really, really well. He's done everything from pitch at the beginning of the game, the middle of the game, the end of the game, and just a steady, eddy, reliable arm. Goes about his business, does things the right way, respects the game. The game pays him back. Just a tremendous kid with a great family. His parents travel all over the country to watch him. There's there's never a weekend that you don't see either Tim or Lisa or Tim and Lisa in the stands watching him. Just a great, you know, when you talk about a baseball family and a baseball upbringing and kind of the way things, I guess the model, so to speak, of a, of a baseball family, That's it's definitely – the parent family uh, with Tim and Lisa and, and Austin. They've done a great job with Austin. And like I said, he's just been great for us throughout the years. He really has. He's been reliable and he's given us really what we've needed every time he's pitched. ESPN 1420.com. Folks, if you have any questions, you can email them scott at ESPN 1420.com. Uh, here's a question from Nick. He says, Bab, what was the thought process in uh, pinch-inning Hagedorn for Bergano there at the end of the game last night? It was to get a righty-lefty you know, righty matchup, get a left-handed hitter up there. Not all the time will we do that, but in certain spots, 
you know, you like to get the offside hitter with the arm that's on the mound just because, you know, the, the breaking pitches, you know, they're not breaking away from hitters. They're breaking into them. And usually, usually, not all the times, but usually it's a it's a better matchup. Plus, we had, you know, a little more power at the plate in Hagedorn than Morgano. That was the decision. ESPN 1420. Thanks for the email, Nick. Appreciate you listening. Um, Cajuns getting ready to host Texas State this weekend in three games. We'll get into that uh, in a little bit as well. Bab joining me in studio for the hour. This is the Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Quick timeout. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. If you are listening to ESPN 1420 Live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and in connected cars and on smart speakers, it is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Anthony Babineau in studio, associate head baseball coach for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. One question I had, Bab, regarding last night's game uh, was the way Drake Osborne's been hitting the ball, and he had another great game last night. Uh, in the bottom of the third, the decision to um, sacrifice him after you got the leadoff guy on, and then, of course, you second-guess because you see what the guys after him did right when they got to the plate. But what went into the decision to sacrifice him there instead of letting him take some some you know some licks? Well, you're correct. Drake's been doing exceptionally well, and Drake's a great baseball player, a great hitter, a great leader, a great catcher, a great person. Yeah, just an all-around great kid, great great guy, great player. And he has been really hot offensively. But what that does right there, it, it moves a runner over in a scoring position because technically first base, although you can score from first base, obviously first base is not scoring position. You want to try to get the guy up to second base to scoring position. And at some point, Coach Degg said this in the clubhouse, in the coach's locker room afterwards, he said in that spot right there, he referenced that spot. He said as as you go through all the, the course of the game and the moves made and decisions made, he said, I could have let Drake hit right there. But he said at some point, I'm going to have to ask Drake to lay down a, a sacrifice bunt, you know, whether it be this weekend in a, in a huge conference game, whether it be in the conference tournament, whether it be hopefully in a regional, a super regional, Omaha, at some point, Drake's going to have to lay down a bunt. So why not let him do it? You know, instead of the first time we ask him to lay down a bunt is five weeks from now in the conf- in the championship game of the conference tournament. So, and it's no different than what I mentioned earlier about the pitching. You know, we could have thrown three arms, shut them out, but we threw those other guys because some of those guys hadn't been getting some work and we're going to need those guys at some point. At, at, you know, it's, you can get through a season with five, with six, seven arms, you really can. Six, seven really good, quality, durable, healthy arms, mm-hmm. you can get through a season. But you can't get through a conference tournament in the postseason with, with, with those amount of arms. You, you really can't. So you, you have to use guys so that they can they, they continue to, to get some time so that whenever you call on them, it's not – 
17, 18 games between outings on the mound, or you've never asked a guy to lay down a, a sacrifice bunt. Plus, our offense is built off of, you know, everybody is supposed to be able to do everything, right? Everybody's supposed to be able to hit and run and, and lay down a sacrifice. Nobody's too too big to do that, you know? So that was the reason for asking Drake to bunt, and, and Drake had no issues whatsoever with sacrificing his at-bat right there to, to, to move up a runner, you know, none whatsoever. ESPN 1420, mm-hmm. um, more or less the, the goal, last night's game, it, it sounds a lot like going into it, uh, you and the staff were looking at this more of, all right, obviously we want to win, but this isn't a do-or-die, you know, we got to win this game to win the series or we got to win this game to stay alive because it's the conference tournament or a regional. It was – we're thinking marathon right now and not a sprint, and we got to work on those last few miles that we're not running right now, but that's kind of our mindset going into this. And if we can win tonight's race, that's what we want to do. But obviously the game plan's different if that's maybe, you know, a Friday night in a series or obviously in the conference tournament or a regional. Well, definitely. If that's a Friday night in a conference tur- uh, series or, or a conference tournament game or a regional game, yeah, there's some moves that are made differently, but – Obviously, the goal is to win, obviously, and and that's what we set out to do. But we feel that along the way, we can do some things and still produce that desired outcome, you know, because we think that we have good enough players to do so. The fact that we may throw a lot of arms in a midweek game, it's not just because, hey, we we have to do this and we're going to sacrifice a win. That's not it at at all, you know. Turned out that we didn't win last night. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if we don't give up so many free things, we do win, you know? And if and if we, we have a couple of more tough at bats in the in the bottom of the ninth, we do win. So but again, we're we're preparing for for the long term. It's no different than it seems different because it's a sport. Right. And it's a game that we're playing. So it seems different, but to us, it's no different than anybody else out there who owns a business or has a job and are looking ahead at projections, right? The moves that you make today in your job are not just for today. They're for, they're to be successful in your job down the road. And to us, that's, this is our job. This is our business. This is what we do for a living and we're tasked with making sure that the business is not good just today, but the business is good two and three months from now, two and three years from now as well. The goal is always to win, but best case scenario, you win short-term and long-term without sacrificing short-term. But if you have to sacrifice a little bit so you don't lose long-term, then that's what you got to do. Something like that. Something like that, Something buddy. Something like that. Anthony Babineau, our guest. This, um, Little Rock, Coach Deggs was talking to me about this Monday, but um, they like to talk a lot, don't they? Are they are they the most chirpy team you have played this year? No. Who's that? They're not the most chirpy team we played. <laughs> so who's the most chirpy? They're not the most chirpy team we played. Was it a team that played a midweek game? They're not the most all right, chirpy team all right. we played this season. <laughs> Are they the most chirpy team in conference that you've played? Well, um, I, I don't know. 
Okay, so uh, well, the way Matt was describing it, and she said Saturday they were, they were, they were spirited. Yeah, they were spirited. You know, the walk off Saturday. I mean, every look, everybody, kids are kids, and and they say things and have certain looks on their faces, uh-huh. and and have a lot of piss and vinegar, so to speak. You know, a lot of testosterone and. In the heat of battle, you know these kids. These kids are, are all these kids are, are great athletes. You know that that like to compete, and we kind of give them every once in a while a bad rap and say that you know there's a lack of compete out there in, in today's kids, and they really don't want to throw down, and they really don't want to fight. And when I say fight, I mean fight at the sport, not fist fight. But you see it every day that when it comes down to it in the heat of the battle, I mean, there's, there's some fight in them. There, there really is. And, you know, we know that with the history, with the success that our program has had, that teams, every team that we play, they want a piece of us. You know, that's one of the things that we, we try to get our kids to understand so much and, and to let them know that you, the reason why you've got to you've got to bring it every night, every night you've got to bring it because the team in the other dugout they want a piece of you, they do, and it's it's not necessarily because we're knocking the walls down this season. It's from knocking the walls down the past twenty five seasons. You know, not every single year, but there's been a lot of success in this program. There's been a lot of beatdowns given by this by this baseball team throughout the years to a lot of programs and we've taken sales, but we've had a lot of success. And so when we go into a park and we, or when a team comes into our park, they want a piece of us and little rock is no exception. We've had a lot, a lot, a lot of success against little rock, you know, and the players know that that they know that. So they get spirited, they get up, they, their players do something good, they're going to back their players. Maybe every once in a while they're going to say something that goes beyond their players and makes it <laughs> into our dugout, mm-hmm. you know, or to one of our players. And that happened a couple times over the weekend. Um, started on, on Friday. There was something that was said. Don't know exactly what was said, but a player's number was called out, and that kind of started everything. And, you know, what what upset us with Saturday was obviously they were excited with the walk off and and the celebration kind of came towards our dugout. Now nothing that got ever got ugly as far as benches clearing or, or anything like that. But you know the, the the guy that hit the ball and and that we made the error on he made his way around the second base when the ball got overthrown to first. So he was on the third base side of the field, we were in the third base dugout. So, you know, the second run scores, they win and everybody comes running to him. Well, he's, so their whole team's around third base. And obviously we're pissed because we lost the game. We felt like we gave them the game mm-hmm. and you know, their emotions are hooting high. and hollering because they walked off as they should be. And exactly. Emotions are high. I mean, they're hopping up and down right in front of our dugout, basically, which they didn't do it intentionally that's just where the 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 pile brought itself so to speak because of where the player was and there were some looks and there were some things said and but hey look it's in the the 
spirit of competition and there's there's right ways to do things there's wrong ways to do things in regards to the game and how you approach it and how you respect it and the bottom line is some teams some coaches and I'm not saying anything about their coach Chris Curry is an outstanding gentleman I'm just saying as a whole not just baseball and all sports some teams some coaches treat the game or games whatever the sport is differently than others and we're going to hopefully always treat the game with respect the way that it should be treated because we feel that if you do that, the game will pay you back 10 times over. You know, So that's how we're going to continue to approach things. If, if teams take it the other way, we're definitely going to defend ourselves and stand up for ourselves. Um, but you but, feel like there's like a clear line. A team might come close to it, but and, and you, you can't say specifically what the line is because it's not a single thing. But you feel like when it happens, everyone knows it just happened. Does that make sense? Yes. So you feel like there was no lines crossed. It might have gotten close, but there was nothing where I was like, all right, that's it. We're, it's, right. it's on. Yeah, I think, you know, that never happened. Yeah. That never happened. But like you said, there's there's no, it's not black and white as far as how far you should take it. It's kind of subjective. Mm-hmm. But you're. I think you're. that's a great point. There's no definitive rule. But when it's crossed, like, you know it. Everyone knows it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know it when you see it. Like, there's no no certain word or action you do that says, okay, that crossed the line. There, there's nothing, there's no rule book for that. But when some something, a word uh, or an action takes place, I think you crossed we it. We know it. We know it. <laughs> Everyone knows it. I you know you it. I think you crossed it. Little Rock's, uh, look, they're atop the West Division. They got a good club. Uh, you guys are a game up on Texas State in conference standings, but they're uh, they're right there, and uh, they're coming to ML Tigmore Field at Russo Park this weekend. We'll dig into that series a little bit. Spencer Arigetti, his last outing on um, <clears throat> on Friday afternoon, and uh, what the expectation is tomorrow. And you know, I, I want to circle back to what we were just talking about, but. Seeing some things happening now in Major League Ball, and if you feel like it's something down a little bit to college ball, we'll dig into that. Don't go anywhere. That's Anthony Babineau. I'm Scott Prather. We're right back at CSPN1420.com. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Anthony Babineau in studio with me. Talked a lot about uh, the last week of games. Texas State is coming to Russo Park this week, and I was talking to Coach Deggs on Monday about Spencer Arigetti, and when you're as good as he is, you have a night that, by normal standards, would be considered above average, but when you're as good as he is, folks are like, what happened? or What's going on? My question, more or less, is, and that's 
whenever you're being graded on a curve because you're so good, that's a that's a testament to you, right? Mm-hmm. But what when a team, when your teammates are just picked up by a certain player a lot, whether they want to be or not, just because they're that good, if they don't have their absolute best stuff that they typically do, how do you see that impact teams? Do you see teams either step up or are there times where you see a team kind of be like, we're not used to this. How do we handle this? Does that question make sense? It makes sense, and I think you see both things happen at different times. Sometimes the team picks that player up, and sometimes the team just wigs out because they're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Spencer, <laughs> Spencer's not getting everybody out. Right. You know, what the heck? I'm sorry. I guess my question is, because there's only there's only so many players that are might not be named an All American, but are All American good. Mm-hmm. When it's a player that's that good, mm-hmm. is it fifty fifty? Do you see one more than the other? Because I know with any player, you like some days you pick them up, you pick. But when it's a guy that you're just most times, it happens. Like they're they're going out there and they're feeling it and they got their stuff. When it's a player that that's that good in your time, do you do you find that? It's just kind of, yeah, 50-50. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Or is it more one or the other when it's a player that's just... Well, I think it's I think it's 50-50. Yeah. You know, because like I, like I mentioned, sometimes when that happens, uh, the, whether it be, a, in our case, a pitcher, Spencer, the offense will pick him up. Sometimes they don't because... And, and you'll see this a lot, and it doesn't always happen this way, but when certain saying pitchers now because we're talking about Spencer. When certain pitchers throw that don't give up any runs, it's a low-scoring game because the offense kind of knows that, hey, if we get one or two, then we're good, right? And sometimes you see with it when a pitcher that has a high ERA, the offense knows, hey, we've got to score to to be successful, mm-hmm. so they'll score. And it's not like they set out to do that. It just – it's. It's kind of an uncontrollable mindset. Yes, it's an uncontrollable mindset somewhere that, hey, we got our guy on the mound. You know, we're good. Let's scratch for a couple. And when you don't scratch for those couple and that guy on the mound gives up a couple, bad things can happen. So I think it's it's 50-50. But you, you manage a game plan a little different too depending on who's on the mound. Correct? Correct. So does that... I guess is that part of that trickle down effect on the offense for a team or the hitting for a team where you're not telling them that, but it's just somewhere in the back of their mind because they're like, well, typically these play play out a little different. Well, you, right as as coaches, you exactly you fall into that mindset again, and then you go into the game and thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to do this, this, and this because this is how this is going to play out, right, or right. how it should play out. So, and then you adjust when when it doesn't, but. Um, no, there's. I mean, obviously, you're going to game plan differently based on the opponent and based on who's on the mound. I mean, that's that's as old as baseball. But he's just so good. Um, and I and I caught myself at some point a week or two ago. I'm like, wait, he gave up, he gave us some earned runs. Like, what happened? And then I have to like be like, oh, it's look at the overall stat line. It's pretty good, but. He's been so good this year that um, right. the and standard he gave up, what, that he's yeah. I mean, it's not. It's I a. Mean, it's more of a me problem than a him problem. But <laughs> but this is just an example. I think I think a lot of us are guilty of that, right? You get you you set a standard that's so high that um, you know, it's a credit to the player, but you got to remind yourself like it's not. You know, this isn't. 
this isn't a video game set to easy. Like this and is, then that can work. That can work the other way also sometimes because if if and I believe this stat is correct, the days that Roger Clemens would pitch, like in his time as a Yankee, when Roger would pitch, the opposite would happen. They would score more runs, the most runs, more than their average when he would pitch. Because for them now, you know, these we're dealing with professionals. And I would have to believe the mindset is, hey, I'm I'm as loose. I'm letting loose. I'm as loose as I can be at the plate because my guy, he's not giving up anything. Right. So I'm not gonna have pressure A B's where I have to get this done. So you're loose, you're free, and then whack, 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 you score all kind of runs. So it can happen the opposite also. Hopefully it'll happen that way for us this Friday night. That's right. <laughs> this Friday night. That's right. Uh, Texas State with Eric Getty with the way Connor Cook has been pitching. Um, what, what, what's the, what do you think the plan will be Sunday pitching-wise? Is that, do you feel like that's going to continue to be TBA just based on what happens Friday and Saturday? I think it will be because, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we're going to take this thing game by game. Mm-hmm. We feel that's the best way to – to, to approach it and we'll use, we'll do, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll use whoever we need to get, I mean, we'll do it for Friday. We'll do it for Friday. If, if uh, things happen and go down that way to get that first win of the series, but we're going to take it game by game. If, if, if there was, I guess the best way to put it, if there was a guy on the staff throwing as well and with the same rhythm and stuff as your Aaron Getty on Friday with your cook on Saturday, then, you know, he would be in that, in that Sunday slot, but we don't feel that there is. Austin is doing a tremendous job with these, these midweek starts, but we like him where he is right there because midweek games are tough. I mean, you've got to have, it, it can get, bad really really quick if you don't set a good tempo on the mound mm-hmm. for midweek games you know everybody gets excited for the weekend games conference opponents and midweek games i don't know what it is it's been that way forever at least forever since i've been doing this you just there there's not there's not the anticipation there's not the excitement i don't know if it's because there's there's classes there's school going on during the week or um the, the name of the opponent is not as, as big. It's not a conference game, but you've got to have a t- great tempo set on the mound in the middle of the week. And Austin does a tremendous job with that for us. So I think for the foreseeable future, you'll see Eric Getty Friday, Cook Saturday, and then we'll make a decision after the Saturday game. Anthony Babineau, our guest, ESPN 1420. <clears throat> Want to circle back to something we were talking about in the last segment as we wrap up the circle show. Circle back, huh? Circle back. The discussion of when things get heated and when someone crosses a line, you know, when you see it. Padres Dodgers had a nice little thing going, had casual sports fans talking outside of just your hardcore baseball fan. Tatis, you know, um, enjoys a couple of his glorious home runs over Trevor Bauer. And they asked Bauer about it, and he's like, I got no problem with it, right? It's, it's good for the game. Um, you know, we shouldn't as pitchers get upset if – you know, we give us something up, you know. They they work hard, too. Let them enjoy it. I know that that is not the normal thinking across baseball. Let's say that that becomes more accepted at the biggest level. Um, and both of those guys are stars. 
Is there a point, I mean, you've seen this game evolve at the college level a lot. Is there a point where you think you will begin to see similar things in the college game, or do you feel like the college game will always, some aspects of it will always be shielded when compared to some of the things in Major League Baseball as far as what's acceptable and what's not? I think there are some things that should always be shielded because at the end of the day, they're amateurs. They're not professionals. You know, when they become, Coach Robe used to tell guys all the time, you know, when you become a pro, you can do these things. But you're not a pro. You're an amateur. And so I think that's that's the way that it's probably going to stay for a little while. I think the, that's the way that it should stay. You know, I, I appreciate Bauer's reaction to that. Now, obviously, not, not everybody has that same mindset as Bauer. <clears throat> they get upset when when hitters do things, and I think there's some thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with when a guy totally melts on a ball to maybe not stand there and not move mm-hmm. until the ball clears the, right, the, the right, fence. Right. But you know, you know when you've got it. I mean, you don't have to take off sprinting down the first base line. I don't think there's anything wrong with a couple of steps. You know a light little toss of the bat, and then you make your, your way around the bases. I mean, really, it's no different, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's what's the difference between that and a pitcher after a strikeout for the third out of an intense inning screaming at the top of his lungs walking off the field? Yeah. You know, with if, all that if he's that If he's doing that, and, it's fine. And, if the pitcher starts pointing at the batter and, you know, giving him the old DX sign, okay, now when yeah. you see it, okay, you know, okay, that line right. was crossed. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the hitters don't, you know, when the hitters get it, they don't flex right. and, they don't and look scream at the, batter, at the top yeah. of their lungs. Right, right. You know, they're just taking a couple of steps. And, and I don't know, I didn't see what Tatis did. He was, I heard about the whole thing. He was enjoying it. He was yeah. enjoying it. But hey, it's he all. He got people talking. When 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 you when you do something incredible in sports, to a certain extent, degree, I think you should be allowed to to, to celebrate it. You've got to be able to show some emotion. That's one of the things over the years that I haven't been able to understand with with some umpires when things get a little spirited and the guy shows some emotion. They try to, and I know that they're trying to nip it in the bud right away so things don't get heated. But I've always said, you know, the ones that I've had a good enough relationship, like you got to understand, man, these these are kids. They're showing some emotion. They just did a great thing right here for their team. I mean, you, you've we've got to have some feel and and let them show that emotion. And and there's some that that do, and there's some that don't, and. You know, it can be argued back and forth whether we should let them or we should not let them. But as Robe would say, it is what it is. It is what it is. That is it for the Great Scott Show. That is it for our hour with Bab. Always appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Glad you guys get to stay off the road for a little while. You get to uh, stay at home and uh, enjoy some time. ML Teague-Morefield at Russo Park hosting Texas State this weekend. Louisiana's Raging Cajuns getting at it. Uh, pre-game at 5.30 on Friday, 6 o'clock first pitch, 4 on Saturday, 1 on Sunday, pre-game 30 minutes prior for each one. All the best, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Scott. ESPN1420 and .com. Steve Pelican is next with Beyond the Game.